Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We believe God wants to speak into your life through this message. If you're interested in knowing more about Celebration Church, you can visit our website at celebrationedmonton.com and find us on Instagram and Facebook at Celebration EDM. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message. It's great to be with you here in Celebration Church. Uh, am I on? Mine was good. Okay. And uh, just a delight. You know, uh, your pastors, uh, Dennis and Leslie, they're, 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 they're my overseers uh, at Calgary Life Church. We just value their wisdom, you know, and what they bring. And uh, what you guys have done here since 1991 as when you guys started. And, uh, you know, God builds his church three ways. Number one, he builds it on revelation. It's the revelation of Jesus. No other foundation can anyone lay. And what I love about this church is you guys are passionate about Jesus. And for over three decades, this church has been proclaiming Christ's love, building on Jesus. And so, you know, I'm just so excited to be able to have them as my friends. Second way God builds this church is relationally, right? It's about interaction. It's about, you know, the kingdom of God is all about relationship. And so we, we value it. I just love the fact that Pastor Joel gets up here and starts talking about the connect groups because, you know, it's all about relationship. I think it's so valid. And the third thing that uh, the way God builds his church is he builds it generationally. And this is where I really uh, love what God is doing in this. I'm watching with Pastor Joel and Jessica are, you know, rising up and you see the next generation. I'm looking at you, your worship team and it's young and I see the different generations in the house. You got something really, really special here and I hope that you can recognize it and you thank God for it. Can we give it up for the local leadership here? These guys are amazing. We love you guys, you know, and uh, we just connected with them when we first came to Alberta. Uh, we lived in Sweden for a while. We lived in Ontario for a while and uh and now we're here in Calgary, or in Calgary, in Alberta. And uh, so I hate, the, I hate the Oilers. I have to say that because I'm from, I'm envious, but I, but I do hate. Okay, okay, I'm getting, uh, it's, it's not a good start, is it? Anyway, I, let's, uh, today, you know, Pastor Joel asked me, he says, hey, could you come and just talk about healing? Can you talk about miracles? And so uh, that's what I'm going to talk about to, uh, talk about today is miracles today. And I want to say to all of you that showed up this morning, you know, can I just salute you? You guys are amazing. Mine is 47, I think it was, or 45 in somebody's house. And uh, here you are in church. And so I was thinking about that. And I thought, you know, it's cold in Edmonton when the rock rattling around in your shoe is your toe. Uh, you know, it's cold when lawyers have their hands in their own pockets. When you have to break the smoke off your chimney when you have to open the fridge to heat your home. That's cold. You know it's cold when your false teeth chatter and they're still in the glass. <laughs> uh, you know it's cold when people look forward to getting a fever. You know it's cold when I actually saw a gangster pull his pants up. That is cold. That is cold. Come on. Uh, you, you know it's cold when Donald Trump's hair freezes. Okay, another that's not a good one. Last one. You know it's cold when you have to chisel the dog off a lamppost. <laughs> All right, just let your imagination go. Father, we are, we are so thankful to gather together in a warm building. Thank you for everybody who's watching online. Holy Spirit, I thank you that there's no distance uh, for you. I thank you that you can minister to those online just as powerfully as those that are here. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you to touch hearts, open minds, open, open lives, to, to get a, re a fresh revelation of Jesus. Yeah. 
And Holy Spirit, help me to communicate your word with faith, with joy, with clarity, uh, so that the name of Jesus would be lifted up and glorified in this place. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So we're going to be talking about uh, a theology of healing this morning, and then tonight at 6 o'clock, we're going to be uh, having a bit of a practicum where we're going to be ministering a lot more to people. And I hope that you take, take time to, to come out and be a part of that. And so let me tell you about my journey about miracles, you know, because I know a lot, of, a lot of you might have questions, and maybe you're skeptic. And so I got born again in 1982. Yeah, I was like seven. Okay, I'm lying. That part of me, I'm still working on my sanctification is the lying part. And, uh, but anyway, I got, I got born again and, and I got filled with the Spirit and, and I wanted to see miracles. And so I, I was inspired by the writings of T.L. Osborne. And so he went to India and saw great miracles. So I thought, I'm going to go to India. So I went with my best friend. We went to India and I thought it was kind of like a numbers thing. If you pray for enough people, eventually you probably get the formula just right and the stars align and boom, you'll see a miracle. And so, how many know it doesn't happen that way? It's not about a numbers game because Galatians chapter three makes it very clear. He that works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law, by how good you are, by you keep all the rules, or does he do it by the hearing of faith? And so God, God is a God who responds to faith. Now, I don't believe in faith healing. I believe in divine healing. And those things are very different because faith healing is about you have to have enough faith. You have to somehow earn it. And that just puts sick people under such a heavy burden. They're sick already. They don't need to have all these rules and regulations. You know, I believe that Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of my faith. And I believe that he's got enough faith for you and for me. And he wants to impart that into our lives. So that's the difference between divine healing and faith healing. And so anyway, so I go to India and there's a Canadian evangelist there, a good friend of mine today. His name is Peter Youngren, and he's got posters all over the city. Come see the miracles of Jesus. The blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear. Thousands hear the good news. Jesus heals, regardless of caste, creed, or religion. Now, I'm like, are you allowed to do that? You know, can you, can you advertise like that? Whatever doesn't happen, you know, they're going to kill you. And uh, so anyway, as it happens, I'd never met him before. So I ended up meeting him at, uh, at, a, at a pastor's meeting. And I said, hey, my friend Rod Harris and I, we're here. Uh, we'd love to help out. You know, what, what do you want us to do? And I'm thinking, you know, we could put up posters. We could, you know, be ushers. You know, it's a big outdoor, you know, meeting in a big field. And he says, well, uh, you got a good camera there. Why don't you take pictures of the miracles as they happen? And uh, your friend Rod there, he can record them. And I said, great. Yeah, we can do that. So we go home to the, we go to the home, hotel and we start laughing. Like, this is so like, ridiculous. And so I would, we were kind of mocking and, hey, Rod, what are you doing tonight? Well, I, I'm the official scribe of the uh, Salvation and Healing Meeting. I'll be recording the miracles as they happen. And how about you, Anthony? Well, yes, I'm the official photographer. I'll be taking photos of the miracles as they happen. And we laughed. Like, I wanted to believe that this was really going to happen, but I'd never seen miracles before. I mean, I prayed for some people that, you know, you know, I have a pain in my elbow. You pray for them. How's your elbow? Great. But now the pain went to my knee. You know, like I, 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 I can't say that I really saw like blind eyes open or deaf ears open. So, but I was hungry for it. I wanted to see it. And so the first night, this evangelist, he's preaching and he's got a crowd. And, and so I, I'm taking notes. Like I'm expecting something amazing to happen. He preached for only 20 minutes, which of course, you're not anointed unless you can preach really long. So I hope you didn't have lunch plans because I'm really anointed. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, just, it's a joke. Lighten up, you guys. 
So anyway, so what happens is he preaches for 20 minutes, gives the altar call, and hundreds of people rush forward to receive Christ. He ministers to them, and then he goes for the, the healing part. I'm like, so I'm, I'm excited. I got my camera ready. I'm on the edge of the platform. I'm going to take photos. And, and, and he's, he does it in categories. Like, he don't do it in categories. Like, I had all my opinions. I'd never seen a miracle, but I was an expert. I, I knew how it should be done. It should be sensational. It should be like the, the heavens would open up and then a choir of angels would be singing Handel's Messiah. You know, and it would be like this incredible emotional experience. But he starts with, tonight we'll start with the deaf. All you deaf people come to the front. Nobody came to the front. And he says, if you, if you brought someone that's deaf, bring them to the front, you know. And, 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 uh, and so then he starts to pray and he starts... And he starts to command the deaf spirits to come out. Doesn't lay hands on anybody. You, no, you're supposed to lay hands in, or, you know, or, or spit in their eyes or something like Jesus did, you know? And, he's, and, he, and he's, he just commands the deaf spirits to come out. And I'm watching. And then he goes after, then he goes to the blind. Then he goes to the cripples. And I'm watching and I'm seeing genuine miracles happen right in front of my eyes. I'll never forget, you know, this Sikh gentleman that was there here, you know, and he brought his little girl. She was about seven years of age. She had never walked in her life. He bought a brand new, beautiful dress for her, brings her to the meeting, and Jesus raises her up, and she's completely healed. I mean, it was amazing. And, and I remember this little girl walking back and forth, and the dad is weeping, laughing, crying, and, and the tears are rolling down his beard onto his, uh, uh, onto his vest, and he's got two big wet stains from all the tears that were just pouring down his face as his little girl is walking. There was a Muslim man, Ibrahim, carried on a stretcher, hadn't walked for two years. He got up and started to walk. I saw a Hindu man run around the platform like a squirrel. Like, I mean, he was so excited because his little girl's blind eye popped open. And so there were so many miracles that night. But let me tell you, I didn't believe a th single thing I saw. It was like water off a duck's back. I thought, it didn't, I don't know, maybe I was, because maybe I had my framework I was expecting. And I was like, okay, Something is, why can't I believe what I just saw? You know, and uh, I mean, obviously, Peter did good. You know, he was in good form. Jesus was awesome. So I thought there's an issue here. I think the issue is me. I think it's my heart that I can't accept or celebrate what I just saw. So I was in a mess that night. And I remember I went back to the YMCA where we were staying just off Jai Singh Road in New Delhi and got on the balcony that night and I began to cry out to God. I said, God, what's wrong with me that I can't accept? It was like, I can't receive what my eyes just saw because I always said, if I saw it, I'll believe it, you know? And here I saw it, but I couldn't believe it. I couldn't accept it. I, it, it had no impact on me. And so I started to really cry out to God and that whole night I wrestled with God and I got a bit of an understanding that helped me with my personal breakthrough. And what it was, was I recognized that in North America, because people ask me, why don't miracles happen here like they happen there? And this is part of the answer. Number one is our worldview. And uh, is that they have a supernatural worldview over there. They believe in the power. That here, you try to get people to believe. Over there, you give them something to believe. They already believe that miracles can happen in the reality of curses and, and demons and angels or, or whatever. That's, that's, that's a given. They live in that world. Here, our Western world, we're governed by logic and reason. And so was my faith. I honestly, like when you think about it, like if I could see it, if I could measure it, if I can understand it, if I can taste it, I'll accept that. So, so much of my Christianity was mental. It was up, up here. If it was reasonable, logical, I could accept it.
But how many know that the natural mind receives not the things of God? Listen, if God was downloaded into your mind, he would literally blow your mind. Your mind cannot conceive how great God is. But what happened when you got born again is that Christ came to live on the inside of you. He lives in you. That tells me that your spiritual capacity is so far beyond your mental capacity. And what we've done in the Western world is we've elevated reason and logic above the place of simple childlike faith. One mustard seed of faith can make a mountain skip and dance. So that was where I realized that, you know, there was a hard attitude that I needed, to, I needed adjustment. And so that's where I begin to recognize, okay, you know what? I'm just going to trust God in this. And so that started the journey. And so we've seen a lot of miracles over there. I've seen over a thousand miracles among the deaf, the dumb, the blind, the crippled. I kind of keep a record and all the different meetings I've gone. We've got some we're going to show you tonight. Um, we got, uh, I got some more tonight, but right now, uh, I was in Madagascar back in September, beginning of October, and went to the city of Fianaranzoa and kind of went to a remote, kind of, I like going to remote regions, just it's a lot more fun, you know, when people have, you know, haven't heard about Jesus. And so anyway, so we got a couple of testimonies we'll show you. Uh, let's show the one, uh, Mr. Mr. Nina. Let's start, start with that one. So let me give you the background. Mr. Nina, let's just, just, just show the video. Self-explanatory. Sir, what is your name? Naina. 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 Naina, you've been bedridden for two years. What happened? Was it a stroke? Yeah. Okay. And you couldn't walk for two years. And you're the daughter. Is this true? And what's your name? Aina. Aina. And what happened tonight? <laughs> this is the man I saw dancing. I, I think I think we are. A, I, I should become a Malagasy. <laughs> Jesus is absolutely wonderful. Two years bedridden. This is good news of great joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. Amen. <laughs> Come on, let's give God praise. Isn't that awesome? So, it, it was really interesting. We went to the city in, in Fianaranzoa, and uh, we didn't have, the government had uh, revoked our, our permit to use this one field. And so we had, the night before, we had no place to meet. And so we, we met with the mayor, and he said, well, you can rent the stadium for $200. I mean, so, so we did, and, uh, but we had no, although advertising was, you know, it was too late to advertise. So we started the first night and just started preaching Jesus and then ministering to the sick. And so by the, by the last night, the whole stadium was packed with people calling on Jesus. It was phenomenal. Uh, let's, uh, let's show the, what other, we have a couple more. They're about a minute long. Let's do, uh, let's do the blind lady, uh, the lady that got her, her, her sight restored. Wow. 
I'm glad I don't have a beard. But can you see my nose? Yeah? Okay. See if you can touch my nose. <laughs> Who did that for you? Yes, Oshi! Well, so those are all right. So let's 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 talk about miracles a little bit. Are you are you ready for this? Okay. So everything about our faith, about the Christian walk, is supernatural. So the Bible says that we are saved by grace through faith and that not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. That's Ephesians chapter two. And uh, when you think about that, in the beginning of the chapter, it says that when we were dead in trespasses and sins, God quickened us, made us alive. So the, the state for every, every human outside of, of Christ is like we're, we're spiritually dead, right? Now, what is death? Death is a separation. Physically, you know, when your spirit leaves your body, that's physical death. And so spiritual death is when you have a separation between God and you. And so spiritually, all of humanity, like we're spiritually dead. Now, a dead person can't do anything. And so the Bible says that, you know, there's none righteous, no, not one. We're all born sinners. And so, you know, there's no way for us, because when we think about that verse, you know, we're saved by grace through faith and not of yourselves. That's an important understanding because salvation is not of yourselves. You cannot save yourself. Grace is not of yourself. Listen, faith is not of yourself. It's not of, your soul cannot produce faith. It's not a product of your intellect. It's not mind over matter. It's not positive thinking. It's divine. It's supernatural. It's part of the nature of God. And so all of humanity is spiritually dead. And so what happened when you were, you were dead, all of a sudden, the spirit began to work on you. Jesus said, nobody comes to the Father unless the Holy, nobody comes unless the Father draws him. Nobody comes to Jesus unless the Father draws him. So all of a sudden, you started asking questions. Maybe you got awakened spiritually somehow. Maybe there's somebody in your life that invited you to church, invited you to an Alpha at Celebration Church, or, and you started asking spiritual questions. Let me tell you what's going on. That was miraculous. That is God beginning to work in your life and call on you. Isn't that exciting that the God, the creator of the universe, is so interested in you, that you matter so much to him that he would begin to work in your life? And so then what happens is you, when you hear the gospel, because the gospel is the power of God and the salvation to whoever believes. This gospel is powerful. And listen, the gospel, the good news of Jesus is Jesus. That's our message, that he's alive. And so what happened was when you heard the gospel, God gives you the grace to believe. And so all of a sudden, you got the faith to believe. And, and, and when you said yes to Jesus and you invited him in, you didn't join church. You didn't start a New Year's resolution. 
You didn't turn over a new leaf. You experienced the greatest of all miracles. It's the very life and the nature of God. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead came on the inside of you, took your spirit that was dead, and you were born again, born from above, born of God, made you alive and connected you with the very life and the resurrection nature of Jesus Christ. You became a new creation. That's a miracle, my friend. That's a good place to give God a shout of praise. Think about that. You received a miracle life, right? You got an abundant life, a new kind of life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, you know, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Well, what part of you became a new creation? I'm a five foot five Italian. When I gave my life to Christ, I was still a five foot five Italian. I wanted to be a Vardy. Come on, land of the giants, like Pastor Joel and Pastor Dennis. We were in the in the in the in the green room, and I'm just and I'm looking up at them, and I'm feeling so intimidated. So let's let's sit down and have a cup of tea, and uh, at least it's closer eye to eye. But my outside didn't change. When you gave your life to Christ, your outside didn't change. Neither did your soul, right? Your intellect, your personality. You were the, still the same person. Now. My body will be saved one day. On the resurrection, God's, you know, your body's going to get, you're going to get a new body, a glorified body. And so that part of you is going to be saved. Your soul is being saved, right? You renew your mind. You take great courses. You, you invite Christ into the areas of brokenness. And he brings his grace and his healing and his love. And, and he, he changes us day by day. Come on, amen. And then, but what part of me became a new creation? Well, because it says, if anyone is in Christ, He's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new and are of God. Which part became new? Well, that had to be my spirit. And so what happened? That part became new. It got infused with the very life and the nature of God. I believe that the moment you receive Jesus Christ, think about it, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, elevated him, seated him at the right hand of the Father, is the same power that went into your spirit to make you alive, and you're a new creation. Wow. I believe all of heaven started peering over the edge when you received Christ to see, wow, let's see what you're going to do with what's been deposited in your life. Come on, we sang about it. All things are possible. Your spiritual, you got a heavenly treasure in an earthen vessel. Come on, you got so much more on the inside of you, but most people try to live out of their past. Listen, you can be shaped by your past, but you're not a prison of your past. And so you, you, you may have been that, but now you're a new creation. Then it says, behold, all things are new. So where are we, where are we supposed to put our attention? We're supposed to put our attention on beholding, not, not the past. Behold, all things are new and are of God. So I, we need to be focusing on this newness of life that we've received, the reality of the in Christ, of in Christ, of the you know of the of the new nature that we got. And then it says, you know, and then it goes on to say something very powerful. And it says, behold, all things are you know are new and are of God. Now, when you look at me, what you see here is of Vince. This is of Vince. Vince is my dad. My nose of Vince. <laughs> not really happy about it because I discovered that, did you know that your nose and your earlobes never stop growing? Why, God? Why? Like, how about your legs? I would have loved that one. You know, I know you think I'm short, but I've got a sickness. It's called ingrown legs. But, uh, you know, it's like, 
Your nose is going to grow and your earlobes. Why your earlobes? Why your earlobes? Like, why? They, why? 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 I, I have questions. That's one of them. When you're five foot five, that's a valid question. So, so anyway, um, this is what you see is a Vince. You know, my heritage, a Vince, a Vince. You know, my height, a Vince. That's the a Vince part of me. But then what you see is the avince part of me. But there's another part of me, according to 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are new and are of God. I've got an of God part of me, and so do you. That's your spiritual life. You got Christ living on the inside of you, and with you all things are possible. Come on, give God praise. That's a good point. Now, so, so that's, that's a miraculous life. And so it should not be abnormal for us to experience miracles because you've got a miracle life on the inside of you. How so excited to hear that you guys had hundreds of people here praying and fasting during the week, seeking God. That's a great environment. So, but let's talk about healing a little bit because I want us to lay a foundation, you know, in the, in the next 10 minutes of what, what about healing in the New Testament? What you see up there, great, it's awesome, but we want to see more of it right here in Edmonton, don't we? And so uh, let's talk about, but we want to lay a foundation from the scriptures about divine healing. So my first scripture I want to read today is found in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, which is kind of an introduction to the ministry of Jesus. And it says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. So notice what Jesus was doing. He was teaching, he was preaching, and he was healing. Matter of fact, they say up to about 70% of all Jesus' ministry was actually focused on healing the sick. And so this is not just something, a passing phase. I believe in miracles because I believe in Jesus. And he's alive today and he works miracles. So Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. So there's so many scriptures where you see where Jesus, you know, is teaching, preaching, healing the sick. As a matter of fact, in one verse, and I believe it's in Luke chapter 7, it says, and as he was teaching, the power of the Lord was present to heal. And so I remember preaching in Masoma, Tanzania, and I was preaching on that verse because I believe the gospel is the power of God. I believe that, listen, we don't pray the power down. We don't try to stir it up in some kind of emotional frenzy. We preach the gospel out. And when, wherever people hear the gospel, they're sitting in miracle territory. You know, I was watching some Western North American evangelist preach you know, the other day, and it made me so mad because he was, his, this incredible gospel message that we have, he was preaching it as a get out of hell free card. You know, so many North American preachers, they preach about hell. You better repent or you're going to hell. Listen, hell is not our message. So I went through the book of Acts and I thought, what did the early church preach? What did Paul preach? What did Peter preach? What did Stephen preach? What did Philip preach? And when you read the book of Acts, not one of them mentioned hell. Why? Because they had experienced Jesus. Their message was not about, you got to escape hellfire. Their message was, Jesus is alive. He changed our life and he can change your life too. That's the difference. We've got a living Christ. And so, uh, you know, 
Are you saying you don't believe in hell? It's in the Bible, okay, so let's, let's, not, let's not even go there. And, uh, but uh, the message is that, that the, the gospel, the good news of Jesus is Jesus, that he's still the healer today. He's still the savior. He's still the restorer. Come on, he's a still the miracle worker. He can take the brokenness of your life and work something awesome because with him all things are possible. You're not too far gone. Come on, your best days are still ahead. Why? Because Jesus is alive and he's seated at the throne. Mm. So, every time, every time he commissioned the preaching of the gospel, and he said, and by the way, heal the sick. So when he commissions the 12 in, in Matthew uh, uh, chapter 10, verse 7 and 8, because as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, it's in reach. What does it mean, at hand? It's within reach. It's, it's, I'm glad it says it did at, at feet, because my feet are ingrown. And, uh, but it's like, it's, it's at hand. And he says, preach the gospel, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely again. Then he enlarges his team. He gets 70. He commissions the 70. And he says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 and 8. And as you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Luke chapter 10, verse 9. And, and he says, and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom has come near to you. Heal the sick and preach the kingdom. Heal the sick, preach the gospel. Heal the, it's part and parcel. Then he commissions the entire church. And so in Mark chapter 16, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And then he says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And then he goes on, these signs shall follow them that believe. And he talks about they'll speak in new tongues. And he goes down and he says, and they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And then what, what I love about that next part of the verse, and it says, so the disciples went everywhere preaching the word and the Lord went with them, working with them, confirming the word with the accompanying signs. Isn't that exciting? Like you can go to the grave of every founder of religion. You can go to Muhammad's grave, to Buddha's grave. You can go to Abraham's grave. You can find all the graves of all the patriarchs. Listen, but you, can, you go to the Jerusalem. They don't even know which tomb it is. It doesn't matter because it's empty because he's not there. He's alive. Come on. And that's our message. That every other religion, you know, it can, you know, they're asking you to adopt a certain tenet of belief or behaviors, but we talk about a transformation that Christ comes to live on the inside of you. Come on, there's more on the inside of you than what you're facing on the outside. So this is the, the gospel. So let's look at healing in the next couple of minutes here. Is this helping anybody? Is this? So I want you to recognize that, that, that healing is a part of the message. Jesus, he never commissioned the preaching of the gospel without healing, without the command to heal the sick. Check it out. Check it out. You'll be surprised. All right. So number one, why, why, does, why does Jesus heal the sick today? Well, number one, he came to destroy the works of the devil, right? First John 3, 8, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Acts 10, 38 says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So notice what we, what we discover here is that Jesus went about doing good. How many, so healing is good. And, and Jesus is good. Healing is good. And sickness, bad. Devil, bad. This is really deep theology. <laughs> I know. Jesus, good. God, good. Healing, good. Healing all, even better. Sickness, bad. Oppression, bad. Devil, bad. How God anointed 
Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. You know, are you catching it? Jesus came to undo the works of darkness. So sickness is an oppression of the devil. It's not God's idea. Listen, God didn't take your grandma. God didn't take that little child. God didn't put that sickness on that baby. I'm telling you, that's, that, 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 that is satanic when you've got children that are battling health issues. You know, it's, and I'm not saying that the devil is right there impressing them, but that's the source of it. We live in a fallen world and there's diseases, there's viruses, there's germs. That's all a reality. There's spirits of sicknesses. You know, most of the miracles we see overseas happens when we command the spirit of infirmity to come out, especially the deaf spirit. Deaf. There's spirits that want to block people's ears. They're called the deaf spirit. Sometimes it's medical, sometimes it's genetical. But most oftentimes overseas, it's spirits that we cast out and people receive their healing. So here's a, think about this. Jesus held the same attitude against Satan as he did against, against sickness as he did against Satan. In, uh, in, in Luke chapter 4, he goes into the synagogue. There's a man with an unclean spirit and Jesus rebuked him. The word rebuke is the Greek word epitomeo. And so it's just very important. So it was a sharp rebuke. He's like, he's like, you unclean spirit, come out of that man. I guess with authority drove it out. A few verses later, he goes into the house of Peter's mother-in-law and he heals her. She's got a fever. He rose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house, but Simon's wife's mother was, was sick with a, fe a high fever and they made a request of him concerning her, so he stood over her and rebuked the fever. Same word, epitomeo. So his stance against sickness was just the same as it is against, you know, uh, uh, Satan himself. What does that mean? The sickness that you're battling in your life, I want you to know, God wants you well. God wants you well. This verse is probably the reason why some suspect why Peter denied Jesus three times. Because he healed his mother-in-law. Okay, unless uh, next point. <laughs> okay, that was bad. That was bad. All right, couple couple more points here. Another another reason why Jesus heals the sick, because it fulfills Scripture. Like we all know Isaiah fifty three, where yeah, we love these verses. Verse five it says, "But he was wounded for our transgressions; he was bruised for our iniquities." Isn't that amazing that he became our substitute? That our sins were placed on him. He's our spotless, sinless, sacrificial lamb. He bore our sin. And you know what? Because he bore our sin, every one of us have, have access to forgiveness. Isn't that wonderful? Because the sacrifice of Jesus covered the area of sin. Listen, forgiveness was paid for 2,000 years ago. Good news is this. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses against them. Isn't that amazing? God was in Christ. He was forgiving the world at the cross. God forgave the world. The world is forgiven. Not saying they're saved. They need Jesus to be saved. But God forgave 2,000 years ago. He's given to us the ministry of reconciliation, not condemnation. We're not called to be judgment preachers. That's old covenant. That's a different religion. We're not part of that religion. We're in the new covenant. Now, think about this. And then it goes on to say, the chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. And I've been, I was in the Bible college when I first got saved. They said, well, that's just talking about spiritual healing. It's not talking about physical healing. Well, let's look at an inspired commentary. An inspired, comment, an inspired commentary of that verse is found in Matthew chapter 8. And it says, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick 
that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Isn't that beautiful? So that when the people say, well, that verse is talking about spiritual only. No, it includes spiritual for sure. But it also includes the healing of your body. So on the same basis that you have grounds to ask God for forgiveness of sins because of Christ's sacrifice, that means we're invited, you know, to stand and ask God for the healing of our body based on Christ's sacrifice. Healing is an atonement privilege. It's part of our covenant that we have with God. So those are a few reasons why Jesus heals the sick. His nature hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Isn't that beautiful? Some people focus on preaching Jesus forever, Jesus tomorrow, caught up in their end time theology. Some people love the history of Jesus. and They preach about Jesus of yesterday. Church, it's time for us to preach Jesus the same today. That what he did 2,000 years ago, he does today because he hasn't changed. And if people will come to Jesus in simple humility and faith today, like they did 2,000 years ago, they can receive from Jesus whatever it is they need in their life. Maybe you need a fresh start, a new beginning. Maybe you walked into these doors because you feel like, man, I'm done. I'm over. I'm given up. This is my last chance. God, do something or, or that's it. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe you came and, and you've lost your way. Maybe you came and you're burdened by the shame of what's happened to you or what you've done. Whatever the situation you're in, I want you to know this. Jesus Christ, his compassion changes not. He's the same today. And he's here. And he's a miracle worker. And he wants to do something in your life today. The fact that you're here on a minus 47 million degree morning in Edmonton tells me this, this, this God's working. He's drawing you. So it's, it's, he loves you. And I, and I want to just close this service today by just praying with you. And maybe you need a fresh start, new beginning. Maybe you've got an addiction in your life and you're just under the power of darkness. Or you might be here as a young person or someone and you've been involved in occult activity or something and you feel like there's a darkness that's just latched onto you and it's like a buzzsaw. We're just cutting through your brain. You can't seem to get free. I want you to know whatever it is. Or maybe you just need a fresh start in life. You need a fresh start, a fresh beginning. I'm going to lead you to a simple prayer. It's not my prayer that's powerful. It's not your prayer that's powerful. But it's the person that hears the prayer who's going to answer. And his name is Jesus. And I'll tell you what, he's the same yesterday, today, here in Edmund, Edmonton, and forever. The Bible says, for as many as received him. It didn't say join church. And I think church membership is very important. But it says, for as many as received him, to those he gives the power to become a child of God, even to those that believed on his name. I grew up all my life believing in Jesus. He's a good Catholic boy, good Calabrese Italiano. But, you know, you, 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 to be Italian is to be Catholic. It's just how it is, you know. And I believed in Jesus, but I'd never received him. And I remember the night I got on my knees in a trailer, in a, in a, in a trailer court, counting my beer money. And I invited Christ into my life. I tell you, I got, I received Jesus that night. I, 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 it's unexplainable. I just, I can't put it into words. That moment set my life apart when I received him. I invited Christ to come into my life just as I was. I didn't need to, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes people think, well, if I just, I'll clean up my life, then I'll, I'll you know, then I'll come to Jesus. I love ice fishing. Anybody here like ice fishing? Not, not today. I get it. I, I understand. I'm not saying that. But you know, it's like, you know, you catch your fish, then you clean it. I've never caught a cleaned fish. And the same thing, when you give your life to Christ, you come to Jesus right where you're at. 
because he wants to get involved in the midst of your mess because he says, watch me work. What you couldn't do for yourself because we're saved by grace through faith, not of yourself. You know, it's a gift, a gift of God. So Jesus is here this morning and he's inviting you to open up your heart to say yes to him. So I'm, I'm not asking you to try harder. I'm not asking you to make a New Year's resolution. I'm asking you to open up your heart and receive a person, this Jesus. He's a miracle worker. He wants to do something in you. And you could be watching online right now. You're on the stream. I want you to just, even now as we begin to pray, you can open up your heart and receive Christ too. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, you say, well, why do you do that? Because I want you to have the safety. I want this to be a sacred moment for you. Nobody looking around, no one distracting you. And I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to force anyone to come to the front. You know, no, we respect you too much for that. But what we're going to do is this. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer of receiving Jesus. And every one of you that's here that says, man, Anthony, I need a fresh start, a new beginning. I need to know my sins are forgiven. I want peace with God. I want to be included in this prayer. Would you just let me know so I know who I'm praying for? Would you just put your hand up high all over this place? My hands are going up all over this place. There, 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 there 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 god bless you 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 that's awesome tell you what all of heaven is rejoicing right now once you put your hand up you can put it down again and even if i didn't see your hand it doesn't matter because heaven sees your heart and so i'm going to invite you to just repeat this prayer after me let's and let's all say it so nobody feels singled out say god in heaven thank you for loving me today i confess my good intentions my good works just aren't good enough. So I turn to you, Jesus, and I receive you. I invite you. I welcome you. Come into my life. Thank you for loving me, accepting me, forgiving me. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I'm yours, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening with us today. If you enjoyed it, check out more messages like this at celebrationedmonton.com or on the Celebration Church mobile app. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give on our website at celebrationedmonton.com. Come back next week to hear another great message.